Welcome to our podcast. I'm Candace Nasser, and I'm the founder of MomQ. We're so blessed to have you with us here today, and I pray that God will speak to you with exactly the words that you need to hear in this message and that you will be encouraged. Okay, so our MomQ mission is Moms in Community Building Healthy Families. Moms in Community Building Healthy Families. And the reason I bring it up and I want you guys to continue is if you're talking to people in the community, your friends, your neighbors, uh, you can share that this is what we're about, is building healthy families, building healthy, faithful families, right? And so did you know that the family is one of three institutions that are established by God to cultivate a moral society? Church is one, government and family. From the beginning, this is what God instituted. And so at MomQ, we believe that God has a very specific design for families, that when it's followed, that he is glorified and miracles happen. I can attest to that myself. Many of you know my story that I was raised in a very dysfunctional home without the Lord at all. And I just hate to think of where I would be if it hadn't been for the community of moms that came around me when my children were young and my marriage was in trouble. And not to say that you guys are there, but that's where I was. And so that's what we do here at MomQ is we support you and your family because we know that God has a design that works best. And that design he lays out in the word is that marriage is a covenant relationship that is only to be broken in very specific circumstances. And that couples are supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Some of you have really taken that to heart. (laughs) 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 And I look at Michelle. (laughs) Um, And Elise also with four kids. Anybody else have four kids? I think there's... uh, Yeah, Carolyn has four kids. (laughs) Okay, I had three and that was... (laughs) Four is amazing. Anyway, couples are supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Um, The Bible tells husbands how to treat their wives and how we are to treat our husbands. That we are to raise our children to love and obey God. That's what we went over last semester in detail about parenting. And that our children are to obey their parents. That's a big, big deal, right? So this is the design that God has, and this is how he cultivates a moral society. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it, to think of a family operating the way God intends. These mandates have guided all of our content and all of our semesters so far. And this semester is really no different. Um, As part of his design, God has called the family to reflect his character. And so our fourth semester is building families of character. For those of you that were here last semester, I went through a message about how to shape the character of our children, and we established that the um, that what is in our hearts is what comes out in our character, and that if worship of God is at the center of our heart, then our character will reflect God. And so that's where we're coming from as we're talking about character this semester, and then Um, This is what glorifies God, and yet we know that God's character is incredibly perfect. 
Does he really intend for us to follow his character, to to, uh, seek after his character? Well, the short answer is yes, he does. Um, But he gives us the power to do it. What God calls us to do, he enables us. He enables us, right? We could go on for many semesters talking about the different character traits that God of, of God and what he calls us to do. Um, but this, we, because we don't have unlimited time, we, my advisors and I have chosen three character traits that we're going to focus on this semester. Three, okay? These are what we feel are the hardest ones in our culture today. And we're going to be weaving in other attributes of God as we talk about these traits. So our topics for this semester are here. Uh, They're also on the website very clearly. By the way, we launched a new website a few weeks ago, and if you haven't checked it out, you should. It's great. It's really user-friendly and blogs on there, and also all our messages from the past. So if you were not, uh, if you have a message that um, from, our semesters were being being a confident mom, what makes a strong family foundation, and then last semester was raising virtuous children. All of those prior messages are on our website if you guys are curious and want to take a look. But that is what we're going to cover this semester. And the cool thing about this is the three character traits that we're going to go over are courage, honesty, and contentment. And we're going to look at each of these from three different perspectives, from the individual being us, moms, from how to implement it within your family to your kids, and then in your marriage. So I think you're going to find it's really rich this semester, and I just hope that you will um, be able to come as much as you can. We have a couple of, as Elise said, we have a couple of guest teachers and some special expert speakers, so it's going to be really good. Uh, Someone asked me why, so we're starting with courage. And someone asked me, why start with courage? Well, my answer was, because it takes courage to have character in today's world. Do you agree with that? It takes courage to have character in today's world. And so that's why we're starting with courage. And so our question today is, why is it important to be courageous? Why is it important? So let me ask you a question. What is your greatest fear? Think about that for a second. What is your greatest fear? Any of you think public speaking? 75% of people say that public speaking is their greatest fear. I don't know what that means about me and those of us that get up here. Um, Maybe I'm crazy or courageous. I don't know. Um, But you know what number two is? If you look at all the fears that are listed, um, number two, they say, okay, this is um, kind of, you'll see where I'm going with this. Anybody want to guess what the number two fear is if number one is public speaking? What? Heights. Oh, that would be, I'm actually afraid of heights. Um, Dying. Number two is dying. So according to Jerry Seinfeld... People are people would rather be in their casket at the funeral than giving the eulogy. So think about that for a second. People would rather be in the casket than give the eulogy. But seriously, what are you afraid of? 
What are your fears? Do, you, do they keep you from getting out of your comfort zone and trying something new? Some other fears, according to the Internet, are fear of failure, conflict, criticism, losing control, the future, fear of missing out, FOMO, anybody, right? Uh, we all have fears. It's natural. But courage is what, needs, what we need to help us get beyond our fears. Nelson Mandela, everybody knows, was the amazing, courageous leader that led the um, uprising against the apartheid racist government of South Africa. And he said, courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. It's not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. Webster defines courage as the mental and moral strength to step out and venture and persevere and withstand difficulty, fears, and other issues. Maybe you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, yeah, courage sounds good, but I've been, you don't know what I've been through. I'm all out of courage because I've been trying to be brave and it's not working. Well, I have good news for you. God says in his word that we can be courageous with his help, that he gives us the courage that we need to fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, you hear that saying, fear the fear, you, you know what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. feel the fear and do it anyway. But where does that strength come from? It's, it's, we can only go so far on our own. We need godly courage. And he will enable us to face those fears and triumph over them. Joshua 1.9. Classic scripture about fear. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. These are on your handouts, by the way. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Be strong and courageous. This verse is God speaking to Joshua when they are about to go in and take over the promised land. God had promised through Abraham, I'm going to tell that story in just a little bit, to give the people this land that he was going to call this nation unto himself. And they were standing at the edge. Moses had died. Moses had led them out of Egypt, and Moses had died, and this um, and was not able to take them any further. And so God commanded Joshua to do it. And here they were standing at the edge of the land, and the people were afraid. They were going in. They knew they were going to be fighting battles against giants. They had seen in the land before. They'd gone in and spied out the land, and they knew that these people were big and scary and evil and worshipped other gods, and they knew they would be hostile, hostile to them. Matter of fact, fear of the Hebrew people had already come into that land as they heard about their conquests along the way when they were wandering in the desert. And so God tells Joshua, do not be afraid. Even though Joshua had already proven himself courageous, 
This was a whole new level of responsibility. Not only would they be fighting these battles, but he was also to lead them in their faith to follow God's laws and commands, which was going to be super hard in that ungodly culture. Sound familiar? Parenting is like that sometimes, right? Where it's just, it feels like an overwhelming responsibility and burden, what what we are called to. But God tells us to be courageous and enables us to do far beyond what we could do in our own strength. And so today we're going to define courage, and this is on your handout. Courage is trusting in the Lord as our true source of strength. Trusting in the Lord. Some of you have heard this many times, but I want you to take fresh eyes as we think about what it means to trust God. What does it really mean to trust him, to have confidence? That's what it means to have confidence in him, that he who is promised is faithful. If he tells you he will enable you to get through something, he will. He will. We have to trust and surrender. He is our source of strength. He is the creator of the universe, and he is our source of strength when we need him. If we're going to reflect God's character in today's culture, we need courage. So I'm going to go over two things that I feel that godly courage enables us to do. The first one is to step out in faith. Step out in faith. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You've probably heard that, and maybe you know that, and you're living it. But Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future." He has a purpose for you, and he loves you more than you can know. And his plans are good. Sometimes his plans might mean hard times, some suffering, and it's not fun, and it takes courage. But it's to build and deepen your faith because God knows what you need and his plans are good. We need to trust him through each step of the way. Just like God told Joshua, he is with you wherever you go, whatever you're going through. God also calls us to practice spiritual disciplines and do good works. Not out of earning our salvation but because of a heart filled with gratitude and love for him for what he's done. Ephesians 2, verse 10, says we are his workmanship. Isn't that just beautiful that we are, he has worked us specifically, given us gifts and talents and plans that he wants us to accomplish. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus that God has prepared in advance for us to do. He has works, things that he wants you to accomplish. He has plans for your life. But sometimes we let fear control us, and we don't listen to those plans. We don't step out in faith. Or sometimes we do, and we feel like, well, it didn't go right. It didn't go well. It was hard. But that's where God comes in. That's where trusting him and having his courage, trusting him as our true source of strength. That's where we 
That's where he comes in. Do you sense his urging to do something that you haven't taken that step of faith? Now your fear is controlling you. Ask God for courage and he will help you. In Genesis chapter 12, this is what I was alluding to earlier. God calls Abraham to leave his hometown of Ur and travel to a whole new place that he didn't know anything about to lead his charge to um, develop this whole new nation in this new place. And Abraham didn't ask for the details. You know what he didn't say? He didn't say, God, if you promise it'll work out, I'll go. He just went. He trusted God and he went. That is so hard. Those of you that have moved and left family and friends, you know how hard it is. I've done it many times. I could not have done it without the Lord's help. Abraham went. He obeyed because he trusted God, and God promised to raise up a new nation through Abraham and bless all nations through him. The disciples left their lives and their families to step out in faith and follow Jesus. They had no idea what was coming. They would be suffering for him. But they saw in him something so unique, something so courageous and miraculous that they stepped out in faith, left exactly the security that they'd had, and followed him. And look what they did. Look what happened. They took the message, the gospel message, to all the nations, to the world. Is God calling you to trust him in some area of your life, to step out in faith? Maybe it's just to turn away from some habit that isn't good for you. That takes courage. Maybe it's to start a new habit, to have a relationship with him every morning, to find that time, even with the craziness, to just spend 10 minutes with him so that he can get, you can get closer to him and get to know him. Or maybe it's in your parenting that he's calling you to be courageous, to step out and trust him in how you parent your children and follow his design. Or maybe it's to stay in a tough marriage because he can work miracles, I can attest. Maybe you just need to begin your relationship with him by trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior because this is where we have to start or nothing else works. If you haven't been listening to God's prompting or if you've turned away from him, just let that go. You're here now, and you're going to be encouraged to walk with the Lord, to follow his design for your family. If you haven't, that's okay. God's mercies are new every morning. And just ask for him to help you and forgive you for whatever it is, and he will. Abraham himself made so many mistakes when he was in his journey of walking with God. So many mistakes. And God fulfilled his promise to Abraham anyway. Peter denied Jesus three times. And God still chose him to lead the early church. He has a plan for you. He wants you to step out in faith. What is it that you need to do? 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, He who is promised is faithful. He will surely do it. 
I want to share the mom cue story with you. It was January 2021. I was teaching full-time at Vandergrift. COVID was in full swing. And I felt God calling me to start a ministry for mothers. It had been hugely impactful in my life, as I told you earlier, and I just felt his call to do that. Um, It was exciting, but scary at the same time. So I started praying and talking to people. And then that summer, um, he, oh, wait, let me back up. So it, it was really scary. And so I started praying and looking for what he wanted me to do, how to implement this program. And I started looking at curriculum and nothing was matching the vision that he had given me. And so I was praying, Lord, you're not, you, I'm not going to do this. I, said, I can't find what you're wanting me to do. And you know what? He said, you can create the curriculum. You can put this together. And I went, oh, my gosh, really? No, that's too scary to put myself out there that much. I just want to put a video on and let everybody watch it. Um, he told me I needed to do it. So I started meeting with advisors, talking to people, bringing in some leaders, and that summer we piloted the group in my home. Some of you were there and are still here. It's just amazing. Um, and then the, ch- uh, the school let me th- agreed to let me go part-time that year, which was unheard of at the time. So I, we soft-launched God, brought me some incredible leaders, and we soft-launched last fall of 2021. And then it went well, and we had a spring semester, and then it, God put it on my heart to resign from teaching altogether so that I could um, put more time into this. And you know what? It, it, it hasn't been easy. I have had so many times when I just wanted to give up. I've been under spiritual attack. Some of you, if you know, you know. I have had a lot of setbacks, some personal battles, with anxiety and things that have come back up from years ago. Um, but you know what? I just know that this is where God has me, that he has given, he gives me the courage to face my fears and do it anyway. And here we are in our fourth semester. We're reaching more women. We, are, we have now an online community that we're reaching. And I know from you guys the difference this is making. And so... Praise God, right? Step out in courage. Man, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Stepping out in faith means trusting God. And God gives us the courage when we ask. I love this quote by a guy named Effie Marsh. Marsh, I put it on your, your sheet. It, he was an 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s pastor, author, commentator. And this is what he says. Courage is the divine nerve that enables us to go forward at the Lord's bidding in spite of all obstacles. Divine nerve. I like that, right? It takes nerve. It takes nerve sometimes to step out in faith. But we, we're not going to have it. We are only, remember, we can only go so far in our own strength. We need godly courage. So the next point is that godly courage enables us to stand up for righteousness, to stand up for righteousness. What is righteousness? I mean, you hear that word a lot in Christian circles, but let's unpack really what it is. On the Gospel Coalition, 
their website, I found a great definition. It's the divine attribute that describes God as acting always in a way that is consistent with his character. He's always acting in a way that is consistent with his character. He cannot contradict himself. Righteousness is essential to God's very being, and it characterizes all that he does. God is ethical and right, and everything that he does is in keeping with being just and right. This is a common theme in Scripture where we hear that the judge of all the earth shall do right, and he is a righteous judge. And he calls us to righteousness. Really? That's hard. How can we possibly do that? Well, the first step is to be made righteous by placing your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior so that his blood covers your sins and makes you righteous. We can't be righteous on our own. We have to have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then we are made right with God, right relationship. We are made righteous in him. And then the Holy Spirit will come and indwell you and help you walk it out, that our words and our actions line up with his righteousness. And when we do, God promises blessings. Psalm 106.3 says, Blessed are they who observe justice and do righteousness at all times. Blessings for being righteous. In this culture today, standing up for righteousness is really scary. Martin Luther King Jr. was raised in a Christian home in honor of him and the week, his birthday. And I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I thought I would spend a little time talking about Martin Luther King Jr. So he was raised in a Christian home. His father and his grandfather were Baptist preachers. He, both his parents were college educated, which at that time was highly unusual. He was so smart that he skipped two grades in high school and started Morehouse College in Atlanta at 15 years old. While he was there, he was mentored by the college president named Benjamin Mays, who was a social gospel activist and fought for, against racial, racial inequality. That was his mentor. At a teenage years, obviously great impact on him. And then when he went to seminary, he became familiar with Mahatma Gandhi's ways of nonviolent protest. So these two things are in his background. At 26, he received a doctorate in systematic theology from Boston University. And at 27, in December of 1955, he had been pastoring a church in Montgomery, Alabama for a little more than a year when Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on the city bus to a white man. A small group of civil rights activists in the town decided to form an organization to protest the transit system and they chose King as their leader. I recently saw a video on the History Channel that that recounts when Dr. King had to make a choice to face his fears to follow God's call on his life. Because of his role in the Montgomery bus boycott, 
Someone phoned his house and threatened to blow it up and blow his brains out if he didn't get out of town in three days. He was afraid. And he went into his kitchen to try to figure out how to do that without appearing to be a coward. And as he was praying to God for wisdom, he heard God call him by name and say, Martin Luther, stand up for truth, stand up for justice, and stand up for righteousness. King had a choice. No one would have blamed him for getting his family out of there to a place of safety, but instead, he leaned into God for courage and chose to do what is right, no matter the cost. So, yes, um, standing up for righteousness, not easy. And we don't necessarily have to face death, hopefully. Um, that won't come. Let me get this back here. Um, So we're probably not facing death, but we could be facing ridicule, persecution. Maybe your family thinks you're crazy for following God and doing the things you're doing. That's hard. That's scary. When I first started homeschooling years ago, um, my, my entire family told me that I, was, I had joined a cult, I was completely losing it, and my family was going to suffer. It's interesting what they say now. That's all I can say. Um, we all know what happened after Dr. King, after this uh, time when Dr. King decided to step out in faith and stand up for righteousness. Under his courageous leadership, the civil rights movement swept the nation. And after hundreds of protests and marches and sit-ins and speeches, months in jail, time talking to congressmen and senators and presidents, the, uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed and segregation in public places and businesses ended or was supposed to end. It was illegal. And then in 1965, the Voting Rights Act was passed that gave black people or guaranteed them the right to vote. But change was slow in people's hearts. And Martin became more and more unpopular on both sides of the issue. There was a poll done in 1968 that showed that 75% of the nation disapproved of him. Despite all he'd done, they disapproved of him. And months before his death, he admitted, living every, every day under the threat of death, I feel discouraged every now and then and feel my work is in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. He was a strong believer. He knew God very intimately. He had to, to have that kind of courage. He walked with him closely. He trusted him as his source of courage. Whoops. He trusted him as his source of courage. And he, um, he stepped out in faith. He stood up for righteousness. Are you being persecuted for your faith? If we're walking 
with God and obeying his commands, we probably will be in some way. How can you stand up for righteousness? It might mean it might mean speaking the truth in love when it's unwelcome to stand up for God's ways. It might mean turning the other cheek to someone who has hurt you or agreeing or loving someone who's different from you or who disagrees with you. Because bold people that are bold in the Lord know that they have something important to say and that God is for them. Hebrews 13.6 says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Courage is trusting in the Lord as our true source of strength. 1 Peter 3.14-15 But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake... You will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Peter is writing to the Jews and Christians in 62 AD, that were being persecuted, seriously persecuted, and dying for their faith. And yet, he tells them that they should be full of hope. Hope. Because they have salvation in Jesus, and God will vindicate them. God gave them the courage they needed when they needed it. And he'll do the same for you. Where do you need courage today? To heal a broken relationship? To get out of a friendship, maybe, that's not good for you? To leave your job? To defend your faith when it comes up? Defend biblical values and love? Maybe you need to be courageous in your home. Next week, we're going to talk about how to instill courage in your children. And then in two weeks, we're going to talk about how to live it out in your marriage. So I hope you will join us. Courage is trusting in the Lord is our true source of strength. And when we trust God, we choose faith over fear. Jesus showed us the ultimate courage when he willingly accepted the the terrible, horrific pain and persecution of going to the cross for our sins. He asked God to take the cup of suffering from him in his humanness. But in the ultimate courageous statement, he said, Not my will, but yours. We are called to reflect God's character, and we honor him when we do this. Godly courage enables us to step out in faith and stand up for righteousness and face our fears. And with God's strength, we can feel the fear and do it anyway. Why is it important to be courageous? So that we can choose faith 
over fear. And that's our answer today. It's important to be courageous to choose faith over fear. Will you ask God to help you be courageous today? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much that you have such great words for us and encouragement. We thank you for the stories that you've given us of people's lives in the Bible who stood up and had courage for you and then failed. Because, Lord, we fail so often. But you love us in spite of us, in spite of our failures. You love us through our failures. You help us to walk with you, get back up, and walk again in courage. I praise you, Lord, for this strength that you offer us today. And I pray that each mom that is here today, whatever they're dealing with, whatever they need courage for, God, that you would help them recall something that they've heard today, to step out in faith, stand up for righteousness, and have that courage that you promise us. And be blessed because of it, Lord. We thank you for your promises. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.